Goodness is about character, integrity, honesty, kindness, generosity, moral courage, and the like. More than anything else, it's about how we treat other people. Dennis Prager. Welcome back to the Managing Editor Show. I'm Jess Ostroff, CEO of Don't Panic Management, and it's a beautiful day here in Connecticut. We are finally starting to see some glimpses of summer, even though the temperatures continue to be a little bit of a tease. I definitely blame global warming, but hopefully we'll be outside in shorts very soon. I hope you had a chance to listen to my interview with Jess Lawler from Muckrack and the Right Life, but if not, no worries. You can just go back to your podcast app and find episode 25, and there you are. You can also go to themanagingeditorshow.com slash episode 25 to listen there. I'd love to hear what you think. I know Jess would love to hear what you think as well, so take a listen and let me know. Today, I wanted to share an awesome email I recently received and dive into why it worked so well to establishing a relationship. This email was from a gal named Anja. Now, I don't know Anja, but I have seen her sharing some of my articles and retweeting me and responding to me on Twitter, which is always a great place to start when you're trying to establish a connection with someone. And I will woefully say that I don't use Twitter as much as I used to or as much as many other marketing people do. And I know that that's... uh, you know, sometimes a problem because I miss things. Um, But Anja is a content marketer. She seems like she knows what she's doing. And I personally think she has some great taste since she is, uh, you know, following me and retweeting me. So this is uh, something that happened, you know, over the course of the last couple of months, we had been kind of going back and forth on Twitter. But then recently, she reached out via email to let me know that an old article that we published had some broken links in it. Now, normally this pisses me off because the post was like over five years old and obviously older content naturally goes out of date. However, we have been trying to get old and broken links updated over time from these articles because the fact that they still drive traffic to the site means that they really need to be updated. And we've been developing a strategy to make sure this gets done. But obviously, it's a long and involved process to get over, you know, 2000 blog posts up to date with the right links. But this actually was something that, you know, because I was thinking about it, her email brought that particular article to the top of the pile, and there's nothing wrong with that. This is not the first time I've gotten a quote-unquote helpful email from someone letting me know about some error or another on one of the sites that I managed. However, the fact that Anja asked for nothing, she said thank you, and she referenced my cute puppy in the email. By the way, I got a puppy, and if you're following me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or anywhere, you may have seen some pictures. She's super cute. Um... And, you know, she 
she made me like her because she was a human being. You know, it wasn't just about pointing out the error. It was about, you know, saying hello and saying, you know, hey, I know that that this is an older article. I know that there are going to be some out of date links, but hey, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, this whole website that we were referencing in the article was actually defunct. So we needed to redirect those links to the right place. And, you know, I think it's it's a psychological trick in a way because she's being helpful by pointing out something that my readers will definitely want fixed, but she's not asking for anything in return. Maybe it's just me, but the first thing I wanted to do after she was so helpful and kind was to say, hey, Anja, how can I help you? So we exchanged a few emails back and forth. She complimented my new puppy, like I said. She sent me photos and gifts of her puppy, and now we're BFFs. And, you know, really, that just made me happy. It just made my never-ending inbox full of shitty pitches seem manageable, and my day got lighter. Plus, she'll probably submit a topic for the blog soon, and in that case, everybody wins. So it's that simple act of kindness, of generosity, of providing value without asking for anything in return that makes me want to work with her. And who knows, maybe that was her intention the entire time, but you know what? I don't care because it worked and I'm so happy to have started developing a relationship with her. So Anja, if you are listening, thanks again for the awesome exchange and I look forward to working together on some guest posts with you and seeing more cute pictures of your French Bulldog because French Bulldogs are always cute. So just remember that, you know, getting an editor to work for you or with you or getting anyone to work with you for that matter is a delicate dance. And it's one that you need to keep practicing and honing in on. Your work is never done. Editors have so many things to weed through at any given time, and their work is hard. It's always on thinking, strategizing, and processing information. Therefore, anything you can do to lighten their day goes a long way. Puppy pics, Tina Fey gifts, you know, it's not that hard to make me smile. So just put a little effort in, have some kindness, and pour some sugar on me. This week's episode is brought to you by calendar blocking. Yes, I love calendar blocking. What is this, you ask? It's where you take a long, hard look at your calendar on, say, Sunday night or Monday morning, and you block out the times when you're going to get your work done around all the other things that you have to do. So the best way I've found to do this is to start with the non-negotiables. Things like events, doctor's appointments, dinner reservations, or other personal life things that you absolutely cannot skip. Sometimes these are after work hours and sometimes they're not. You know, you might have a 10 a.m. doctor's appointment. You may need to allot, you know, 20, 30 minutes to get there. So make sure you block off those things too, including travel times or getting ready times or whatever you need to do to make sure that those don't happen. Next, make your meeting schedule up to date. I have a lot of recurring meetings, especially on Mondays and Tuesdays, and those get blocked off right away as recurring calendar events so I don't forget. Then around all of those non-negotiables, you have your free time, which is awesome, but you know, obviously it might not be actual free time because you have work to do. (laughs) So if you're someone who works a traditional nine to five schedule, that means that anytime you're not in meetings or having your lunch is up to your discretion. 
but it's easy to waste those minutes and hours browsing Facebook or generally just not having a clue what your priorities are. And that makes you really just not focused on what you need to get done. So this is where calendar blocking comes in. I like to block chunks of time anywhere between 30 minutes and two hours for things like writing, recording the podcast, or editing a batch of articles. For me, I'm most alert and productive in the mornings, generally between 9 and 11. That gives me time before 9 to actually wake up and <laughs> drink some coffee, maybe have some breakfast, take the dog out, all those kinds of things. And then I like to try to block you know, writing time or things that take more brain space, if you will. And then the early afternoon as, as well as sometimes, you know, after lunch, but before the, the food coma sets in is, is sometimes a good time, but it's up to you and you need to figure out when you're most productive. If I have meetings during that time, you know, sometimes I do schedule things between, you know, eight and noon, I will just find another time and do it in early afternoon instead, or maybe doing it in the evening after dinner, after it's quiet in the office. And I like to break up these chunks of hard work time with breaks to check email or social media or just run around the block or go to the gym. And using the Pomodoro technique that I mentioned a couple weeks ago is a great option here. So I'm curious, have you ever used any sort of calendar blocking technique and how has it worked for you? Are you able to keep up with it? I know sometimes that that I see something coming up on my calendar and it's like a two hour writing block. And I'm like, ah, I don't think I can do this. It's the worst. I'm just not ready for this. So I'll just move it. I'll move it to another time, but that might mean that I have to move something else up to take that slot back. So, you know, is it a burden for you? What happens if you don't get the thing done in the calendar block you set? I know for me, when I have restraints on my time, I actually get more done but I might be alone. So let me know what you think. Let me know how calendar blocking has worked for you. And also if you've used the Pomodoro technique, I'd love to hear how that's going as well. And there you have it. That's it for this episode of the managing editor show for all the links and resources I mentioned in the episode, go to the managing editor slash episode 26. If you want to pitch me something, maybe start talking to me on Twitter or leave me a review on iTunes. I would love to start a relationship. You know, I think that that's the bottom line with some of these things that we need to think about our work with editors and other publications, not as a transactional thing, but really as an ongoing relationship. And I'd love to start a relationship with you. So head to the managing editor show.com to leave a voicemail or send me an email at hi at the managing editor show.com. Have a great week. Keep working hard, get outside, be productive, take breaks, do some calendar blocking, and I will catch you on the flip side. Bye.